Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. It seems that if you do the wrong thing, say the wrong thing, or, well, sometimes it it almost feels like even think the wrong thing, you find yourself dragged in front of HR in the workplace. But is that the case if you do something that is, well, ageist? in nature, right? That if what you do is say something that's comparing generations, well, Gen Z versus Gen X versus millennials versus the baby boomers, that it's okay if the baby boomer ends up being the brunt of the joke, that ageism for a long time has kind of been overlooked in the workplace. And we're delighted to be joined by Jessica Kriegel as she is joining us. Her job is chief scientist of workplace culture for a company called Culture Partners, and she's joining us here today on KDK. Jessica, it's good to have you back again. How you been? I've been wonderful. It's so nice to be back. Thanks for having me. Is ageism a thing, or is that just something that the older people, that the baby boomers, the people of my generation almost are saying, hey, wait a second, they're not being very nice. Is it a thing? It's absolutely a thing, and it's become the great illusion of the workplace that we are not being ageist. It, we absolutely are with thinking about millennials a particular way, thinking about baby boomers a particular way. Now, what's interesting is there's a federal law against ageism when you're talking about people over the age of 40. You cannot fire someone because they're too old, right? You cannot discriminate about age over the age of 40, but under the age of 40 is not a protected class. And we see that play out in these socially acceptable labels that are really hiding the inherent ageism in those labels. So you're saying then, I I think I, I hear you saying that it's not just a matter of saying ageism is a matter of questioning the old guard and the way we've always done things. It could be at the other end of the spectrum, the newcomers who are coming in and them being discriminated against for not having much experience. Absolutely. The typical stereotypes you hear about millennials, about Gen Zs, are that they're entitled, they're tech savvy, they're lazy, they're whatever these stereotypes are. That's ageism. It's deciding you understand someone's personality based on a 20-year wide age bracket that they happen to have been born within, which is very much an oversimplification of the complexity of human behavior. Mm -hmm. The reality is what makes up who we are is thousands of life experiences that we've gathered over time, your family, your community, your school, your life lessons, and not whether you were born in the 80s or the 90s. That's insanity. So what protections are there for it? I mean, it's more than just being called onto the carpet in the HR office, right? I mean, there is more that can be done. 
Yeah, and I've been on this mission for over a decade now. My book, Unfairly Labeled, is all about the unfair labels that we prescribe to different generations and, and older generations included. The stereotype of baby boomers is that they have strong work ethic, but they're completely clueless about uh, technology, that they resist change. And those are unfair as well. And when we see people as the label that they are given, then we're not really seeing each other. We're not understanding. We're not creating real human connection. And so the first step is awareness. And you can notice when you have an unconscious bias about someone, if you feel uncomfortable without any real reason when you first meet them, that discomfort is your clue that maybe you hold a bias about them. It could be their age or it could be something else. And once you're aware of that discomfort, you can lean into it and investigate. Why do I have an unconscious bias about this type of person and how can I overcome it? Why is it not being addressed? I mean, you and I are talking about it, so I guess maybe it is to some extent. But this is not a conversation that I see on blog posts. This is not something that you see in the Wall Street Journal very often or Forbes or Fortune. Why is it not being discussed as much? Or, or maybe that's changing. I think it is changing. And you may not be seeing a lot of people talking about ageism, but what you are seeing is less conversation about generations. When my book was published, it was back in 2016. Millennial insanity was all the rage. How do I attract and retain and engage your millennial talent was what everyone wanted to know. And I think that topic is a lot less popular because inherently people are feeling uncomfortable with maybe they don't know why, but they are picking up on this doesn't really feel like it makes a lot of sense. And so the question is being asked less and that's progress in the right direction. And Hopefully, we'll be able to drop these generational stereotypes entirely. My advice to your listener is stop saying the word millennial or Gen Z or baby boomers. Those are just putting you in the wrong direction. So then the idea should be, how can we attract the best talent, not the best Gen Z talent, not the best millennial talent, right? Because by even verbalizing that, what you've done is you've been ageist against everybody else who's not even in that bracket, and you're being ageist by identifying that bracket. I mean, it's a, it's a two-edged sword, isn't it? Yeah, and not only is it a problem for you because you've been ageist and you're limiting your own prospects, because for some reason you think millennials are, quote, more innovative, right? And then you've emptied, you, you've eliminated an entire category of people that might be wonderful for the roles you're looking for, but mm -hmm. you've also sent a message. And I mean, Whole Foods was a victim of this a long time ago when they came out with their 365 store, they marketed it as a store for the millennial for a very brief period of time, because what happened was they said, you know, this is a tech enabled store and it's clutter free and there's uh, cheaper prices and that's a store for a millennial and all these baby boomers. What they heard was, this is not a store for you, baby boomers. Mm -hmm. And it was an unintended consequence of what they thought was a good marketing tactic. And in reality, it was off-putting to all the people who were left out. And right now you hear a lot about creating belonging in your culture and your brand. And generational labels do the opposite of that. Jessica Kriegel joining us here on KDKA. Again, she is with a company that is called Culture Partners. And what they do is they help us to think through some of these things. She's chief scientist of Workplace Culture. Jess, how are companies changing? What are they doing? I mean, is it a matter of saying we're going to send out this particular email and everybody has to go through this online training? Or is it a little bit more deft than that? 
I think you're seeing a heavy lean into empathetic leadership as people focus more and more on the employee experience. And that experience is most acutely felt in the relationships that you have with your manager. That empathy lends itself to seeing someone more clearly and doing less labeling. So Mm -hmm. I think you're starting to see that fall away. I also think you're seeing brand new ways of working. I just spoke with a chief HR officer who doesn't use email at their company, 1,200 people at the organization, and they don't use any email. There are going to be some drastic changes in the way we work, and I hope that this is one of them. Can I go to work for that company, please? <laughs> I mean, That's seriously, I doesn't, that, doesn't so that sound excited. really good, Jess? I mean, for heaven's sakes, that would be amazing. I asked her how many emails she got in the last week, and she said one that she had to respond to. They only have email for external communications, and internally they just use Slack. That is tremendous. I love, love, Mm -hmm. love hearing about that. And that's why I love having you on the show is because you bring those kind of nuggets to us that cause us to think differently. Everybody thinks you have to do everything the way everybody else is. And you're just showing once again, Jessica, that you don't have to do that. Thanks for making time for us today. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Yeah, always a great conversation when Jessica Kriegel comes by and joins us here on KDKA. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the rest. Revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.